0: are listening to the free form rock podcast with Mark Alden Taylor.
1: Welcome to the free form rock podcast. Oh man, I had an orgasm saying that. Oh boy. I think our podcast is getting more listeners, man. I'm getting like really happy. Haley. move.
2: <laughs> Those are bound animals with plenty of meat and fat on them. Uh, Yummy, yummy, yum, yum, for your tummy, tummy, tum, tum. Just make How sure you're doing.
1: I'm doing great. Just make sure and don't drink any Corona beer because there's idiots out there who thinks it's giving them the virus.
2: <laughs> you know what? I. I um I believe that. It's you true know? It's Like it's like if if they throw out Corona beer I'll say thank you, suckers and I'll take it and they won't know what
1: the I was shit gonna put a post on Facebook, hey if you think the Corona beer is giving you a virus, here's my address and send me your cases. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that I will dispose you. I
1: will dispose of them properly for you. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. Uh, 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 that that reminds me of something that happened when when I was at home and and our neighbors had like some cases of Budweiser and they brought them to us and and I uh, and my parents were like you know, talking over some music, blah, 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 whatever they were saying. And I was like, hey, Dad. And, and he wasn't quite listening to me, but he was acknowledging that I said something. And he was like, yeah. They went, can I get a case of beer? And he went, yeah. <laughs> and then so I, I, I went and I brought the whole case. Of course, he and Mom had taken a few out, but... I went, okay, let them do that. I had about more than twenty <laughs> close to thirty beers in there. And then I went in my room the next I know I heard a pound 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 on my door. I was like <laughs> I opened up, he went, Where's the beer? I went You said I could get a case. He went, I said you could get some from the case. I went, ah, <laughs> ha, ha ha He went Oh, 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 oh. But I oh. brought it back. But, but you know, it was, we, we liked to joke with each other back then. It was fun.
1: Hey, <laughs> you, you know, speaking of Corona, we have a city named Corona. So if you're drinking oh. Corona beer in Corona, you're fucking doomed, man.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a Frank Zeppel song. I drank Corona in Corona. And a god corona from Verona. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ian Wally would love that. I like Frank yeah. Zappa. Yeah. How come we haven't done a fucking Frank Zappa CD yet? I like him, man. Ian got me into him. Not you, but Ian did.
2: Yeah, um. I could pick one. You should,
1: man, because you're the one who picks yeah, the sure. umva on Vanguard CDs, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, you you, you said that pronounced correctly avant card,
1: i did um, almost yeah man you're
2: you're cool man
1: hey man i got something to ask you i put i've been putting up posts trying to stay from political shit lately so i've been putting up musical posts not on the podcast page on my regular page like you do and yeah. i go like i said i think britney spears is hotter than madonna in their primes you know Britney in her prime and Madonna in her prime. I pricked Britney yeah. Spears.
2: And then you fucking went to Brit- Taylor Swift. What the fuck? I'm talking about physically as a person. Musically, Taylor Swift's music, I don't give a crap about. I like Britney's music better. But, but if you're talking about Taylor um, as a person, I thought she looked hotter. But Britney's music. I like better.
1: But, but, Brittany has a prettier face than Taylor Swift. In my opinion. Okay,
2: I think they're both pretty.
1: And Britney uses a snake on stage, man. That's pretty damn hot.
2: Okay, and she's got, I guess, those big, um, water balloons. Her boobs aren't aren't that
1: big, but she has bigger boobs than Taylor Swift. You seem to like the people who tuck their shirts in more and can't even see their boobs.
2: (laughs) Well, well, I... The the boobs are, like, a, a different thing altogether. There's some women, like, there's a woman named Kathy Summers whose boobs are so big, it's like, if you were to invite her in your house you would say um will your boobs come over for dinner and if the rest of you can fit in the door come in (laughs) but 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 she's not fat in any way she's actually you know slim otherwise but her boobs are like about is almost as tall as my legs which is pretty damn tall so you know uh, but 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 she dresses sexy so I'm not against boobs but I like women who who dress well too and I like Taylor Swift's face. I and I like Britney's face and I like Madonna. I like all of them. The the music I like best would be Madonna's Like a Prayer album. That's, That's a great good. album. That's a great yeah. album. I but, like but, but, her first
1: four, you know, uh Rick and Madonna Madonna yeah. Like a virgin uh true blue and like a prayer and then freaking I also we go five I like bedtime stories I thought that was a good album.
2: I like some of the one like ray of light
1: well that actually is a good one
2: yeah and, and but 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 I would say every time that I tweet Madonna, she doesn't respond but she's never blocked me. So that's a good thing. Nobody's, nobody famous has blocked me yet. Even Susanna Hoffs, when I mentioned some kind of a little weirder, she didn't um, block me either. And, and so everyone is actually pretty cool. But 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 the thing is, um, I I don't like Taylor Swift's music, but I do like some of her pictures. That's what I'll say. So I was posting to you because when, when when you give everyone does this thing, they say fight me. And it's like why say fight me over and over again? Why, why is everybody doing that? Why not instead say Domino's delivers and do that? Do a different tag. Don't do fight me, do I like Britney Spears and Madonna better than Taylor Smith. Domino delivers! You know, just to fuck it up! Because everybody's going through the same exact predictable shit. Why not change it to Domino's delivers?
1: Uh, I say fight me to be funny, dude. I don't mean to. I
2: know. No, 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 no. I know that, and everybody else is doing it for that reason. But... You're not the only one who's done it. There's a lot who have done it. And I think that it's a tag that they say, this is a post of Fight Me. What do you want to put in front of the post? That's what I think.
1: Well, actually, 50% of the people have agreed with me, but 100% of people agreed with me about Gary Richrath. Speaking of Gary Rich, Raff, I got something. I got a bone to pick with you. What do you mean I listen to the frickin' shitty REO Speedwagon?
2: Yeah, they're shitty! Why? What, what albums do you think I listen to? You don't listen to the first or the second? I listen to the second album. We did a co- podcast on REO 2. Did we? Yes!
1: Screw me! I don't want to. <laughs> oh, but, but, but what I mean is... <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, I love I can... REO 2. I don't like the first REO Speedwagon album. I love the second
2: I one. I can understand... I can understand why you wouldn't like the first, that's kind of weird. I don't disrespect you there. That's a rare occasion when I respect your disagreement.
1: I don't like Lost in a Dream, and I don't like uh, writer, uh, Riding the Storm Out, unless Kevin Cronin actually recorded that album. I have the original Riding the Storm Out track, which is freaking better with Kevin. I don't like any R.O. Speedwagon without fucking Kevin. Oh. Kevin is my yeah. R.O. Speedwagon singer. He should have stayed freaking, and finished riding a storm out. I have the fucking song. They, they released the original version of it. And it's fucking killer. And come on. 157 Riverside Avenue from the first album is shit. Until Kevin does it live with Gary playing that fucking guitar with him going, And Gary going, That's the fucking Um... classic version of that song, man. Nobody
2: listens to the studio version of that song. They listen to Kevin and Gary doing it live. I like your chutzpah, even though it's more like, But anyway, it's, you 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 you're, 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 you're mind boggling me you you you're saying stuff with so much conviction i want to agree with you but really um i i forget what album um stuff like um roll with the changes or all that crap I was on all, you can
1: tune a piano but you can't tune a fish
2: that that album was borderline okay but what after the fuck that, the, flying, the 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 anadai of oh shut up! It, but 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 everything after that is sucked. Nine
1: Lives sucked. I, I come on. I, I back on the road again.
2: I don't know.
1: Drop it. It's an
2: old disguise. Easy money. You actually money? know more about that stuff than I do. I'm. I love I'm, fucking Oreo speedwagon. I hate any album without Kevin Cronin. That's it. He, oh, you like him with that blonde punk rock hairdo? Yeah. I don't fucking
1: care. They still turn. They he's still sound like, good, man.
2: I Have you heard him on the Chicago song 25 or 6 to 40s? He looks like a... I, I, I don't want to say um, any insulting things, but I, I have to say he idiotic he looks like an idiot like 25 like, i love that song on. I love both
1: versions of that song in fact
2: i i mean I like how they did it but he just looks like a blonde cockroach
1: dude he could still sing and play acoustic guitar man I love freaking that last album with Gary Richrath. Freaking life as we know it, and freaking that song "That Ain't Love" where he's just jamming on the acoustic and the freaking solo that Gary does on that song. Oh my god, fucking Gary was a. I don't like saying it calling anybody God, but he was a fucking guitar god, man. Even the new guy is really good. I like him. I can't remember his name right now. Okay, I just said happy birthday to them <laughs> the other day. I can't remember his name because I'm a little buzzed. But fuck, he plays a little bit faster than Gary, but Gary played the, bent those notes for freaking like... Fucking uh, wheels are turning to ty- uh, fucking, I don't want to know, the freaking guitar riff that starts that song. I do
2: like that song.
1: The guitar riff that starts that song, and then in, in the middle of the song where he goes into the solo, and then Neil Dottery comes in with the organ fuck man and even through the window the guitar solo and that and
2: man he's got to say i'm gonna say this is weird because i actually even though i i like gary richrath's playing a lot i i do like kevin cronin's songwriting better so you're gonna you're gonna piss me off by making me admit that ah that 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 that, rules man screw you man Screw Gary Richrath, Ken and Cronin rules. And then you'll say, yeah, Ken and Cronin rules. And I'll say, no, he doesn't. And then you'll say, yeah, you just said it.
1: You just said it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I just wanted to get that you're, shit out. You're you're
2: you... Happy. I mean, you better be glad I'm drinking.
1: Like I said on Facebook, Ario Speedwagon is better than Kiss. <laughs> Have you
2: ever seen that movie? The mo- first two album?
1: Uh, have you ever seen that movie, the Kiss movie? Uh, Detroit Rock City?
2: No. That's I- the movie for one-year-olds.
1: Uh, it's a good movie. But I like in the movie where he goes, This ain't Ariel Speedwagon, man! This is fucking Kiss! And I go, i fucking love
2: Aureo Speedwagon, fuckers! <laughs> With us, if people didn't like Kiss and they like Bay City Rollers, then we were like, ha 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 ha, you like Bay City Rollers, we like KISS. Bay City Rollers, baby. Do you know them?
1: I heard a song, what was their famous song? Saturday Night. Yeah, I know that song. (laughs) That
2: song I do like. But I bought the whole album, and then the, when I heard the whole album, I went, my God, I hope nobody thinks I'm gay. You
1: know, that that's the good thing about in today's climate. Remember, we used to buy albums because of a song, and then we listened to the rest of the album, and it fucking sucked. At least yeah. now you could go on YouTube and listen to the whole album before you decide you want to waste 10 bucks on an album now. That's
2: true. Yeah, that's I, 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 I bought so many too.
1: records back then, and I go, fuck, this album
2: sucks. And yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like fucking a it's like I I like today's technology. I don't really care for streaming and fucking Amazon and Spotify is is uh, appealing the decision to give the songwriters a, a raise. Yeah, fuckers. You know, that's fucking sucks because the, the songwriters and, and people made the music out of 44% raise and Spotify and Amazon Music said, fuck you people, we're going to appeal this. Fucking, you're making money off their art, you fuckers. You should give them 50% raise. You're yeah. still getting half.
2: But what I will say is that at least if someone pays for spotify and they also pay for the cd but instead of listening to it on their cd if they at least listen to it on spotify the artist will get one one hundredth of a cent more than he will by just you listening to it on your laptop that's what i do i buy the <laughs> cd and then i listen
1: to it on amazon music so they get double money <laughs> oh cool but, but I, I, a lot of times I, l- I use my amazon music hd because you give me albums yeah. i don't have and i don't like using youtube to listen to them because i yeah. like going to amazon music and finding the albums <laughs> yeah
2: i mean um i i theoretically i agree with you but i am kind of lazy and i do admit to having a spotify account Because it is easy to listen to albums that
1: way. Well, I do have an Amazon Music HD account. And it's pretty cool because it sounds just like a CD because it's in HD and no other music service gives you HD quality, you know. And uh, Neil Young is for the Amazon HD because he had that service called Ponyo, the Ponyo player where it was lossless music. So he is advertising for. Amazon HD, saying it sounds like what we hear in the studio. I don't believe that shit. Because when you hear something in the studio, it's a lot better than what you hear recorded, because it's dumbed down. You know? Yeah. So I don't believe that, but I guess uh, Neil Young got some money from Amazon there. Um, Yeah. But his Ponyo uh, shit went down in flames. Didn't work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but I will say that I've heard Flack Files FLAC, which are like the lossless files.
1: I love those. And
2: and 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 they are, I think, sonically a little bit better than MP3.
1: Yeah, I used to put up on a, 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 a torrent site uh, FLAC files. They only took FLAC files. I'd take my CDs and convert them to FLAC and put them up wow. there. Wow. And then I figured out, fuck, I'm costing this band money, and I stopped doing that. And I fucking deleted my account. Fuck this okay. shit. Okay. I didn't like it after I figured it out that I was fucking ripping off bands. Well, Uh-oh. oh, well, I guess we're done with this shit. So, Lee, anything piss you off this week?
2: Um, I'm trying to think. Not... Not... Well, kind of. I might have to be going to a job soon. That pisses me off. I don't know what kind of job yet. But... But that, but but, 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 as a person who works yourself, I, I'd say that, you know, you don't know the pain of someone who's lazy, who doesn't want to work, having to work. You're like, ha ha, 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 If I could
1: stay home, dude, I would stay home. So I feel your pain. Why do you have to, you yeah. got to get a part-time job?
2: And probably a part-time job. I mean, I'm, I'm not really totally against it, but it's just. Man, at my age at eighty years old, I'm like way too old to have a job. And 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 the only women who would be interested in me are the crispy critters who are just as flaky and old as me and it's like, ew
1: You should get a job at Krispy Kreme or a liquor store.
2: <laughs> Actually that if I got paid in not money, but in liquid refreshment okay
1: (laughs) work for your vodka man all right so let's get into this review today we're doing invisible touch by genesis which was released june 6 1986 Invisible Touch is the 13th studio album by English rock band Genesis. Release. I already said that. United States. Blah, blah blah. After taking a break for activity, each member continued their solo projects. In 1984, the band reconvened in October 1985 to write, record Invisible Touch with engineer producer Hugh Padgham. As with the previous album, it was entirely written with group impro- improvisations, with no material developed prior to the recording was used invisible touches of worldwide success reached number one on the uk charts number three in the u.s billboard top 200 it remains the band's highest selling album after its certified multi-platinum over 1.2 million copies sold in the uk 6 million sold in the u.s genesis became the first foreign actor to have five top five singles on the u.s billboard top 100 hot 100 with invisible touch be their first and only song to reach number one on on the charts the album received mixed reviews upon its release and retrospect, re- retrospectively with several reviews both positive and negative observing its similarity to co- colin solo records and their commercial pop oriented sound in 2007 the album was re-released with new stereo surround 5.1 sound surround mixes but before we get into the review let's hear what genesis has to say about this album with uh, phil mike and tony so uh, take it away guys
3: We started off a long time ago very much writing songs and writing the album before we went in the studio. And now, I think, partly because we work uh, separately so much, we like to try and keep Genesis for actually working together, which is us writing the stuff, um, all three of us. So we kind of went in the studio with no ideas at all and wrote the album from scratch. We'd come in with a song and we'd
4: learn it. We had our own bits to it, but, uh, you know, I mean, the way we played it, but the actual song was written. And, um... I think you know that was sort of the way we used to work and i think this the new way means that we're all responsible and it makes the reason that makes it a very good reason for the group to be there because it's something that doesn't sound like any of the the things we do individually the
5: easiest way to start a song is switching on a drum machine you know and just sort of fiddling around with it to get a pattern that sounds interesting and that's you know Mm -hmm. a repeated drum pattern and then normally what would happen is that we'd improvise on top of it you know i'd maybe play a couple of chords and might might play a couple of notes or something like that can we go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow we come back in and we add two more notes to it no, but you do, just improvise I mean, it's just exactly how you do it on your own if, you, if a person writes a song on their own, I don't know the way I do it is I sit down on a piano and just sort of fiddle about until you hear a couple of things that sound interesting and you start to work on it a lot of the songs end up being kind of organisations of those jams uh, sometimes it ends up being quite a sort of long thing uh, like sort of tonight, tonight, tonight where you've got lots of ideas on this one rhythm and things um or something like um other songs just kind of condense out of a jam like anything she does which is kind of like you know the original jams might have lasted 20 minutes you know but you kind of start selecting the little bits out of it that you think are good and it sort of crystallizes into into quite a short song i think the number
4: three was was actually the first although it might excessive was your word but i mean yeah Actually, it was the first album of songs we'd done for a long time, and in some respects, it was more concise than, than a lot of the other well, albums. Certainly. But um, it was it's just after that came Seconds Out. No, well, Second's yeah. Yeah. Duke was the next album. Duke, think, and Duke was the beginning, really. I think of, of. I know. I mean, I I went through some strange things between and then the three and Duke, and I know that by the time we did Duke, I was I had more to give to the group. I mean, I had more time on my hands, and so. Yeah. We spent a lot of time at my house, in fact, didn't we, like, writing things like Turn It On Again and Behind the Lines? Stuff and Duchess, songs that we really liked,
3: that were written as a group. I think ...a bit as a group, then there were three, We ...didn't about turn on, on Duke, and it's now come right back round to how we started, really. It's more fun like this, because the, the way it works this way is that you're kind of all involved in all the tracks. Melodies are usually...
4: some 50% maybe is written... From improvisation while we're writing the song and there yeah. might be a, a chord sequence that hasn't got a melody on it and the person that's writing the lyrics will be responsible for coming up with something right. but uh, we tend to sort of divvy, divvy the songs up equally depending on who's got the energy for which particular piece of music I kind
5: of felt you're repeating yourself you know in terms of the mythological stuff for example you know you kind of work through virtually everybody you know you sort of ovid metal. I mean everything was kind of like You'd just done it too many times and you were repeating yourself. I think that's why you're sort of searching somewhere else for kind of lyrical ideas. I felt that very strongly when we were writing lyrics to Abacab, actually yeah. tried to go back to some of the things i tried before and it just, just, just felt like time for a change really in, in lyrical things.
4: I think we like, we like to feel that we do, there's a lot of aspects, you know, we, we, we like to play a lot of different types of things in Genesis and um, an album when it comes out you feel like what's the, you know, it's the only album for like 18 months so you want to get a bit of everything on it and it's not like we, we all want to write short songs, we, we like writing short songs and we like writing things with more substance than that so you do get the tend, uh, tend to get you know the like the instrumentals, you get a couple of instrumentals, you get a bit of everything you know you get a couple of longer tracks, couple of songs though just purely not because we sort of think well let's throw a bit of that in there like that let's throw a bit we just actually like writing that kind of stuff I and mean, that's what comes out you know of all the different sides that we like to do mm-hmm. a lot of the music you know, you've got two-man groups and people like you know trevor horn that's manufacturing something
0: mm-hmm.
4: that you tend to sort of get a drum machine and that i mean that's the criticism that sometimes we make of ourselves that because we're using drum machines which is an advantage for us as writers because it you know means that i can sing instead of just playing the drums which is you know great for me but it means everything sort of ends up being in a certain type of tempo. I
3: mean, I think, I always think it's a bit sad that people automatically say, I mean, you know, this is like the old Genesis which I like or the new Genesis or the, I mean, if you've, as we are the first kind of generation to be in a group for this number of years, you realize amongst ourselves that unless we change a bit here and there, move around a bit, you become incredibly stale. So we are going to move and go through various changes. And I mean, to be honest, to expect your audience to stay with you all the time. I, I, I don't expect it. I mean, I, I, there's no group that I've liked for that many years. Yeah. Um, but I just think we just have to do whatever feels natural for us yeah. to do, and not really worry about what people want us to be or the kind of sound they want us to have. It's remarkably easy to
4: come back. It's like you never were away. You know, I mean, we are. We, we see. We live very close to each other uh, by luck rather than design. And and. Mm. You know, we, we're in contact with each other, even when we're not doing a Genesis project some way. I mean, we don't live in each other's pockets, but I mean, um, but even so, there's like a year and a half gone by between the last time we did a, we sat down in a room together and wrote music. It's, we, it's amazingly easy to pick up the pieces. None of us are thinking of doing anything else. I mean, none of us are thinking of not, not doing a Genesis album. And none of us are, are thinking, you know, anything negative other than the fact that after this, we'll do things on our own. Yeah. and do another band album, and, and if but in between time, between now and doing another band album, someone says, I don't want to do another band album, then I'm sure we'll all say, oh, okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, shoot him. Beat him up. I did this project which I called Mike and Mechanics, which, um, thank God, did okay. <laughs> it was, actually, I started off trying to write songs. I decided that I, like, it was like a year between, uh, <laughs> for the
4: first time in his career.
3: A year and a half, <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be a songwriter, so I was going to write songs for other people. I found that it's really opened my eyes. You know, the idea of working with other musicians, different projects—it's a little bit like changing jobs suddenly. It's a, like a, it's a breath of fresh air. That came out and did well in places like America and Germany and Australia.
5: You, Peter Gabriel, was good at wearing the sort of costumes and carrying that side of things off, and I think you know when I'm not. Is that what you're trying to say? Very
2: true.
5: And when he left, that kind of went with him a bit, really. It wasn't something we ever went into very consciously, it was just something that kind of happened. Because we had lyrics and everything that told stories, and it was nice to try and get that across to people. We auditioned lots of people to sing, and although they had good voices, but we just didn't
4: feel confident enough to have them as part of the group writing, you know, because we're very tight. I mean, after 16 years or something, you know, there's a lot that goes unsaid Um, that's just, you know, that we know instinctively about each other and about what we want to do and it's hard to bring somebody else in on that as a writing part. We're singing the same songs, I think the sort of similarity is just purely coincidental. There's certainly no desire to sound like each other or me to sound like him or whatever. A woman? Equal opportunities, I know my love. Now, it's nothing to do with being a woman. In fact, some of us are women in our spare times.
0: It's, <laughs>
4: it's just that, you know, we just- Sugar, take it on? It's just, it's never really, you know, it's never really happened. And we're quite happy, like, we're like the way we are. It's enough trouble with the three of us, they're another one. It was reported that we had split up, and even when we said we hadn't, it was reported that we had split up. Um, and we hadn't split up, we just had taken uh, a rest from working as a group like we did before the previous album. And like we've done for the last two or three, we all do our own things because as we get a little bit older and we're also writing a lot more stuff, there has to be an outlet for that. And there isn't an outlet in one album a year, a year, a year and a half, two years from Genesis. So we had this other thing that we do. Uh, but it doesn't mean to say that you have to do one thing or the other. We you know we, we try and we keep Genesis going because we enjoy doing it. I think that they're they're obviously a necessary I don't know what I call it evil, but a necessary evil in, you know, the moment. If you if you can't get to certain countries, it means that your song can be shown or the video can be shown to people that wouldn't otherwise see you. And I think they can be funny and interesting. Uh, they can also be very long winded and boring. It depends on who's doing it. There has to be a danger, I guess. I mean, at some point of people saying, I'm fed up with that guy's voice, you know, or I'm fed up with seeing them on television. I don't think, Genesis especially, uh, uh, I think we've always kept a very low profile. It's only in in, in recent, the last couple of years probably that we've actually done a lot more TV than maybe in the past, but um, you're not sick of us, are you? No, no problem. Yes, I I, I enjoy very much doing the Miami Vice thing. I didn't know whether I would like to do any acting because I did it when I was a teenager and um, I didn't enjoy it that much, I enjoyed some things and not others. So I did that with a bit of uh, trepidation but I did enjoy it and I will be probably doing some more I mean my Vice have asked me back to do another one of their of those episodes and maybe a film
5: the old days were easier I think they were easier because it was all less structured you know you would never get this sort of situation where people do you know one after the other it was just sort of things tended to happen more than be arranged I mean even in the old days in yeah. fact with, with with Pete you know April.
4: Um it was a lot more democratic than I'm sure people thought and I th- I'm sure people think that now because I'm the singer and I've had some success on my own people think I do it all and of course they'd be right and in fact it's you know it, it's frustrating because you end up spending a lot of time like I am now <laughs> uh, justifying it. it is the fact that it is a, it is a group and that's why we keep together because individually we could all do our own songs on our own but uh, as a group we come together to get the
3: other person's opinion you know. we've been doing it for the last uh, since 78 and uh, <laughs> Tony reminded me, and uh, I think it works very well for us. I mean, you know, otherwise you suddenly find your, your sort of musical career is getting a little bit narrow. And you're just doing one thing with the same people all the time. And uh, by having all the other projects, I think it helps us to keep a lot, lot fresher. We do what we do because we enjoy
4: it and we do it for ourselves. you know. And after that, we hope other people enjoy it. But we try not to get too involved in uh, corporate, you know, business and stuff. There's a lot, a lot of money involved, I guess, I mean, people making records, I mean, the recording of a record is so expensive that I guess it's inevitable that, um, that things tend to become a little bit more organized. And then I mean, we try and keep ourselves divorced in that as much as possible. We're probably, probably lucky by comparison. Some bands, I mean, we, we lost a lot of money in the early seventies, you know, as most bands did, I suppose, you know, we, we had a big show and we went out playing everywhere and we didn't keep receipts, you know? And so we ended up sort of losing quite a lot of money, probably over, and uh, that was, but that's not, that's a regular occurrence. We, we were very lucky. We, we actually, I mean, we enjoyed, I think, taping around Europe in the 70s. It was good fun.
1: Okay, that was Phil, Tony, and Mike talking about the recording of the Invisible Touch. So, uh, Lee, you said you went and saw this uh, tour, tour. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes, I did. How'd you like it? They were great. They were great? They were great. The only only problem, it was a major problem, it was a technical problem. There was a speaker, because they had different speakers hanging on, like, raptors or something, in order to give the place a surround sound, and the sound was great. But the speaker was so big that it blocked Daryl Sturmer completely. So I couldn't see him because I was off on the side, and I only saw Mike Rutherford when he went to adjust his speaker. But I saw Tony Banks and Chester Thompson and Phil Collins played slightly to the left side of the stage, closer to where I was. So that was cool, because I could see him clearly. And the thing is, before, when the roadies were adjusting the, um, instruments in order to get them prepared for the show, I, I saw in the binoculars that Tony Banks himself came out to adjust his own keyboards. And I thought, well, most people don't know what Tony Banks looked like back then, even though, you know, you could find pictures of him, but this There's a lot before. of videos. Yeah, yeah, there there was um, not a lot of... In- there was no internet back then. And people, most of the people who would watch bands would focus on the lead singer. So they would know what Phil Collins looked like. But I thought it was cool that he came out and he just did his um, adjusting the keyboards and stuff. And I thought it was cool because he's like... he. He doesn't care whether or not people recognize him or not, or whether or not, oh, I shouldn't come out before the show because everyone will clap. No, nobody even noticed. But but, but he, he was just focusing on doing the equipment. But I thought that's cool to see him adjusting his own keyboard stuff. He didn't let any roadie or anybody else hook up his equipment. He did it himself. And that made me feel like this is a guy who knows exactly what he's doing and they played I was in kind of a trippy sleepy mood but the songs they played were trippy and sleepy and fit my mood exactly so it might not have been a concert for everybody but it was perfect for what I was thinking and I told myself if they play turn it on again but but they played as the encore that's gonna make my day, and that's exactly what they did. They played "Turn It On Again," and they played it as the encore. And I was like, "Yeah!" So it's one of my favorite concerts that I went to.
1: I am so jealous of Ely. I've always wanted. I've saw <laughs> Phil Collins uh, a couple years ago on uh, "I'm Not Dead Yet" tour, but he was in. Um, he was sitting in a chair but he still sounded oh. amazing and his son was playing his drums and it sounded just like Phil. And that's uh, cool. Now they're doing a 13 day UK concerts and I'm so yeah. fucking jealous. I hope they bring that to North America with uh Genesis. I will go see that. Yeah. But Phil said his son has to play drums for him. But I hope Phil could stand up. Now I heard he's, he's a lot healthier now he could stand. He just can't play drums because he has nerve damage. But, um, from playing drums oh, all yeah. those years i need to see genesis live i love absolutely love tony banks he's one of my you favorites didn't see, you didn't see them live no, i have never saw them live i saw phil collins two years ago but
2: but uh, but yeah it, but but yeah i i'd say if you get a chance to see them um most definitely go for it
1: yeah i need to see them man and this this album is, like, one of my favorites of all time. I love this album. Uh, it's of the time. It's, but fucking, it's so... You can play it now, and it doesn't really seem dated to me. To me, oh, in my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't seem there dated. Are,
2: there are some videos of people whose opinions I respect, and they do say that about this album.
1: Yeah, it's... it. it I think it's really good. It's, like... The band said they got in the studio and just made up the songs in the studio together as a band. You know, they didn't have anything ready, any demos or anything. They just got in there and went off the cuff. And I think that's pretty fucking awesome. That's what all bands should do. Like some bands, some singers will send a guitarist a track now and they use Pro Tools and they send an email. They're not in the studio together recording as a band anymore. And that's one thing that's lacking with a lot of new, with Older bands, really. Newer bands are like actually in a studio with each other. I think bands should all get in the studio and fucking say, "Hey, that sucks. Let's try this." You know. know, I
2: want to hear. I want to hear a new Aerosmith album with at least one song written by only band members without a co-writer outside of the band. Just Just even one. Song.
1: That's what we'll Brad Whitford going. said. Remember when we did the music from another dimension? Brad Rifford, Whit- Whitford said, "I want to get in the in the studio, all four of us, and just write all five of us and just write together like we used to. Yeah. We don't need these fucking outside songwriters. They need to just get in there and fucking they had. A t- we we went off on the Taylor Swift song. Fuck! Why do they have to have her in there or or some country artist? I forgot who it was. Someone. Oh well, was- yeah.
2: Um." Um, um, or, Underwood. or the other Carrie twenty Underwood. writers, or the yeah. other twenty writers on everything, you know.
1: Yeah, and when they got in there, the last good album they did was uh, the freaking blues album. That was hon- honking on Bobo. That was just they didn't write any of those songs, but it's fucking amazing, you know. Baby, I
2: actually kind of like that album. That, ba- that, that's Baby, like, please don't
1: go. Fucking amazing.
2: They, 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 they kind of went back to their roots on that album because they didn't. Um, go with a Holly Knight or a Diane Warren. They went to the old blue stuff, and and they went so, raw. They were raw. They
1: were so, raw. So Aerosmith.
2: they, I would prefer to hear another album, even if they did Aerosmith does Willie Dixon. I'd be into it.
1: Yeah, it's freaking good, man. Well, let's get back to the, on track on this album. So we get to the first track, Invisible Touch. What did you think about this one, Lee?
2: It's light and airy progressive rock for housewives having a Tupperware party. (laughs) But, with that being said, it's not a really bad song. Not a Genesis song I really love. I think it's filler. But it's okay. Not that bad. The story
1: on this song is that they were working on the uh, the Domino song, and then Phil started singing She has to, she seems to have an invisible touch. He came up with the chorus, and then they went off track and started working on Invisible Touch. So it was pretty oh, cool, boy. man.
2: Wait until, you, wait, wait, wait until you hear what I say about Domino. Spoiler uh, alert! fuck but... you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i just <laughs> joked. <joking.
1: Okay. laughs> I, I think I this know. is a perfect pop song. Loved it from the first time I heard it. Phil's voice is, to me, is ear candy. I just love it. It's a fun song. It's a cool song. It's freaking pop.
2: But fucking, it rules. It's not it's, a bad song. It's probably one of the best songs. um, e- Except for... Well, I don't want to give away what I think. But I do like the video. I can watch the video and smile. And I can invite my grandma and her dog and we can have a fun time watching um romper room and invisible touch by genesis
1: yeah and phil phil all in his videos is always a fun guy to watch you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so cool man and then we get into the next track which you picked tonight 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 so here's tonight 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 by genesis on the freeform rock podcast
0: They not just
1: That was tonight 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 why'd you pick that track lee
2: this is a good song sounds somewhat new yorkish to me it makes me think of two lovers getting it on on the subway but this is the highlight of the album i don't think we're going to see anything else of this quality from now on
1: <gasps> blasphemy well
2: maybe a couple right. i i i won't i won't burst the bubble completely
1: all right, I think this song is progressive pop, and it's fucking awesome. There's so much right going on, on in this song instrumentally. Anyone remember they used this for the in the chorus for a Miller Beer commercial where you hear yeah. "Tonight, tonight, tonight." Man,
2: you were alive uh, back then,
1: damn! Yeah, that's I was, cool. dude. I remember that commercial. Nobody remembers the Miller Beer you, commercial. You, you were probably one years old, but kudos to
2: you for remembering,
1: dude. This was released in what year?
2: i i don't know
1: i do it was 1986 i was 16 huh i was 16 when this album came out
2: you mean you were born in 1964 1970 Uh, you're talking to a drunk man i don't know numbers
1: (laughs) i always tell you when you pick an album from 1970 the year of my birth
2: but you have to keep telling me that because I keep drinking.
1: All right. This this song is awesome. I love Tony's keyboards and Phil's electronic drums on this and Mike's little riffs, you know, where he goes, you know, he goes, coming down, coming down like a monkey. And you hear Mike just do that little tiny riff in it. It's freaking, he doesn't really, he's... A bass player playing lead guitar. And it's freaking... He's just rhythmically great. I love it. Mm. This song is awesome. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking... And then it's mm. a masterpiece. Killer bridge and time signatures all over this song. This is definitely a song you need to listen to with headphones.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Fucking great song, man. I love the commercial yeah. too.
2: <laughs> I did too.
1: And I didn't play the freaking edited video version. I played the... St- the frickin' album version
2: of this song you just heard.
1: Fuck that right two minutes cut cause, out cause of the song. You,
2: cause, cause, cause you know that I... would be criticize you. <laughs> and so, thank you for not making me... piss out the Miller beer this time.
1: Well, dude, last time I played the edited version, I didn't know it was an edited version of a song. I like the full oh. versions. I don't want to hear freaking. uh... Light my fire, yeah. four-minute version, you know.
2: <laughs> I mean, all you have to do when you go on YouTube or wherever you go on, go past the very first video. And the second video might be the full version. It might take one or two seconds longer to scroll down the list, but you're not in that much of a hurry. Most people are. Well, my, th- my, my uncle... <laughs> was like, they might ask him to get something like honey, and he sees something with the word honey, and he doesn't see it's his honey substitute with no honey. So he bites that, and they say, this is honey substitute. He went, but it says honey! Uh, Well, well,
1: dude... Thing is, I love this album. I don't want to hear a six-minute v- video version of an eight-minute song.
2: <laughs> yeah, just like if, if, if there's a song that's eight minutes, I don't want to hear a seven-minute and 59-second version. I want to hear the one extra second.
1: Yes, I want to hear the extra drum beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's get to the next track, which is Land of Confusion. What would you think of this one?
2: Not a great song by uh-huh. Complete filler to me. This The melody does nothing and the words are too topical to sound like lyrics of a song. It's like a political speech with some musical sound bites. I'll pass.
1: Well, I love this song. It's another per-
2: perfect pop song that rocks. Remember the video on MTV with the puppets? I do like the video. I would prefer to see the video with no music. And Press Ronald Reagan and freaking
1: Nancy Dance.
2: I do like the video, but the song itself without the video does nothing for me.
1: Well, I, 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 This song rules. It's a song with a message in a pop rock form. Fucking genius and has a killer bridge and I think this song rules. And Also, let me give you a little thing. The lyrics to Land, Land of Confusion were written by Mike R- Rutherford and were the last oh. set of words written for the album. Rutherford was behind schedule to get lyrics to the song finished, but the but thought the time was right for him to write a protest song. He was stuck with the flu when it was time for Collins to record the song's vocals. He recalled Collins came over to my house, he sat on my bed like a secretary and kind of de- I was kind of in a delirious state with a high temperature and I dictated it to him. And I remember thinking, I think I told him the right thing. Was it rubbish or was it good? You think it's rubbish and I think it's good, right, Lee? <laughs>
2: yeah Yeah. um i would say of all of the people who wrote stuff for genesis mike rutherford usually is the one who writes the least good stuff but but it 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 makes sense when you say he wrote it
1: i love this song i love this video i love the puppets i love the ronald reagan puppets i love all the puppets i wonder if they still have those puppets and put it in the rock and roll hall of fame i somewhere. love
2: everything except the song i love the puppets in the video i don't like the song
1: yeah all right so well, we
2: so we we agree on 90 or 80 or 70 or 60 or whatever percent we agree
1: i love with. the fucking beat of this song i love the little guitars I love Phil's voice. The song is just perfect pop to me. It's pop
2: rock. I would like to hear a version without the vocals because to me, it just sounds like the music was um, background to a guy giving a political speech.
1: Oh, and my- it doesn't
2: sound like a song as much as just a boring political speech to me.
1: I like it. Dude, you're like a hippie. <clears throat> he said, there's not much love to go around. Can't you see this is the land of confusion? Why don't you like those lyrics? Uh,
2: Come on, he's you saying you're, something you're, you would you're, say. You give me too much logic here. The, 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 the truth is that, let's say, uh oh, oh, This is the time, this is the the
1: place, so we look to the future. There's not much love to go round. Can't you
2: see this is the land of confusion? It's It's like a great song, great lyrics. lyrics. You're the one who's always into lyrics. It's like if they took all of the lyrics of an album that you didn't like and they only had the lyrics and they sang them so you didn't have to read them you'd probably like a lot of albums better i love lyrics man there can't be a song without lyrics it, it's, even it's stupid like songs even that have if, good lyrics if, man even if jimmy page does an awesome solo if robert plant doesn't sing you can't like the song no i love instrumentals too i love
1: steve Vai albums and i love joe satriani albums but fuck, you like great, great lyrics, you can't look past them. Those were freaking poignant lyrics at the
2: time with yeah, the Cold not- War. I could write lyrics like that. Any kindergartner could write lyrics I like that. I don't think but- you're a great lyricist,
1: Lee, but fucking those lyrics are freaking poignant of the time during the Cold okay, War with Gorbachev and lyricist,
2: Reagan. I'm going to say you're right. And those are great lyrics, and I apologize and you're fucking cool. I know I'm
1: fucking cool. You're fucking cool also, man.
2: Alright, alright. For, forget what we said. Uh, <laughs> listeners, delete the last 10 minutes.
1: Oh, fuck that. That's fun shit. Let's get to the next... No, no, I'm
2: saying they can hear it, but in their mind, delete it.
1: Alright. So let's get to the next song, and you picked a ballad. So Yeah!
2: Here's, Oddly enough.
1: Here's In Too Deep by Genesis on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
0: to me, oh, you must believe me, I can feel your eyes go through.
1: Was in Too Deep by Genesis. Why'd you pick that track, Lee?
2: It doesn't offend me. If I'm in the supermarket going shopping and the song comes on, I can dig it. I like it a lot better than some other songs that could be played in supermarkets. But when I want to kick back and listen to some Genesis, this is far from being the type of song I'd pick. It's not a great song, but it's better than some of the others on here which isn't saying much
1: oh my lordy i love this song this is like freaking perfect love ballad hit it was a hit off this album too like they had five hits in america off
2: this album like i said i like it when i go shopping i smile
1: these lyrics are so good Frickin' I, I Just Love You, Sissy. You know I love you, but I just can't take this. You know I love you, but I'm playing full keeps. I love Phil Collins' vocal tone on this song. It's just so fucking awesome. It's a ballad that freaking rocks. Fucking love it. Great track. And that was the end of Side 1. And then we get to Side 2, which starts with Anything She Does. What do you think of this song?
2: The thing that bothers me about this song is the processed sounding instruments. The song itself is not bad, and I would like to hear it in a more acoustic setting, because it's not at all badly written, but it sounds close to horrible with the synths that make Devo sound natural by comparison. Overall, this is probably the worst sounding song on the album
1: ah oh, fuck man I just say man this album keeps coming up killer pop rock and this video is funny with Benny Hill as a security guard, going security chasing people like in his show remember that do you ever see the video with
2: Benny Hill um I remember Benny Hill I probably saw the video but I remember Benny Hill more. He was in
1: the video trying to keep people out of the backstage for Genesis.
2: Oh, okay. He's a security I, I, guard. It's been a long time since it's I've seen fucking it. Fucking
1: awesome. I love the keyboards on this song and the guitar. And oh, Phil played some killer acoustic drums. Rule. I love this track i just like it the keyboards and you know i like the way his vocal tone is so fucking awesome i love it mm. yeah i just fucking love it whoopee you know the worst album that phil collins has ever done
2: um i i know that there are some that make this sound brilliant in comparison
1: the tarzan soundtrack i fucking hate that album
2: <laughs> I I don't even know that one. That's the one I, where I...
1: he sings, "You'll be in my heart."
2: Oh my god, <laughs> that makes this sound like <laughs> like making love by kids.
1: Yeah, Disney freaking friends hate it when I say that's a fucking worst album, and they go, look's Phil Collins best album." His best album is
2: fucking face value, bitches. <laughs> so <laughs> so so now, well, not that you know, because.
1: I thought Buster was a stupid album, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to say something um, quick, and that's the stuff that I'm saying about this album is not because of burnout. I felt this way about this album back then, so I'm still giving you my opinion on it. If anything, I feel a little better about it now than I did back then.
1: I, I just loved this album back then. I still listen to it today, so that tells you how much I love this album. I listened to freaking ever since Phil. I listen to m- more Phil Genesis albums than I do Peter Gabriel Genesis albums or- with Steve Hackett. I love you the poppier sound.
2: Go, oh yeah, go you what like I need to listen to.
1: I like the popular Pop. sound because they do pr- progressive elements. Like freaking the Mama album, freaking the mo- the song Mama is fucking progressive as hell. And freaking uh, that
2: one's that that one's better. I like, <laughs> I, I wish we had done that album better. That <laughs> that album
1: <is> better. <laughs> I love that. it. And he goes, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not
2: a perfect album. In fact, there's some songs I don't like either, but. I like that album better than this.
1: Home by the sea is fucking bitchin'.
2: I fucking love that. Oh uh, my word! You need to listen to Arthur Garfunk- Art Garfunkel's album Watermark. Oh boy! You <laughs> know, uh, and then and then tell me about the progressive elements of it.
1: <laughs> All right, <well. laughs>
2: you 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 little Art Garfunkel closet liker.
1: I'm going to Funkle myself right now.
2: (laughs) I'm feeling funkled during this review. But anyway, go on.
1: Lee, go Funkle yourself. (laughs) All right, well let's get into the next track. Which I picked. Because it's my all-time favorite Genesis song. And I know you're going to go, oh god. Yeah. So here's Domino. Parts 1 and Parts 2. Part 1 is In the Glow of the Night. Part 2 is The Last Domino on the Free Form Rock Podcast. That was Domino, Part 1, In the Glow of the Night, Part 2, The Last Domino. Why didn't
2: you like this song, Lee? This song does nothing for (sighs) me. It It is the most pointless song on here. I'm feeling for Klimt. Most everything else is great by comparison. It's supposed (sighs) to be the progressive epic, but even the worst song on The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is far better than this. I do love that album. It's all... Processed sense and pointless jamming and surreal words which are pretentious. If this is someone's idea of progressive rock, I shake my head. It's truly the filler track on here.
1: Oh boy. This is but my... I will
2: say it's better than anything by the group, fun.
1: <laughs> I, I give you that one. I'm trying to find something here. Okay. This is what Wikipedia says about the song before I get into my review. Domino is a track split into two sections, In the Glow of the Night and The Last Domino. Banks wrote the lyrics on the idea that often politicians fail to think through what they have started off and the consequences of their actions. Rutherford thinks Domino is one of the best things the band has done. He's aware that due to the popularity of MTV and increased pressure to deliver hit singles, people would often forget about the longer songs like Domino, which would be dwarfed by the shorter and more commercial hits and this is my my review of Domino. This is back to Gen- Genesis' progressive roots of the pop feel, a masterpiece. The drums mixed with ac- with electric and acoustic rule. This song is in two parts with Domino Part 1 in The Glow of the Night, and then ends with Domino Part 2. This is my all-time favorite Genesis song, and I love so many of their songs. I love After in the one in the glow of the night part where it comes in like a hammer and the killer keys and the lyrics of this song, dude, I part two, part two of the fucking lyrics. It's fucking amazing where he says the liquid surrounds me. I fight to rise from this river of hell. I stare around about me, the children are swimming and playing with boats. Their features are changing, their bodies dissolve, and I am alone. Now you see what you've gone and done. Now you never did see such a terrible thing as you've seen last night on the TV. Maybe if you're lucky they will show it again, such a terrible thing to see. Now there's nothing you could do when you're next in line, you gotta go domino. It's fucking amazing. Fucking talking about bodies dissolving and he's alone. Children are uh, swimming and playing with boats. Fuck, this I is like an acid th- song. Th- you th- should love this. This is like from 1970. Fucking Grateful oh Dead God, shit. God, you
2: are fucking delusional. <laughs> this is like like from 2021 fake.
0: <laughs> 20- you-
2: I don't know whether or not I'm more pissed at this or another record review we did. Let's let's say the other one I'm more pissed at because at least you picked this album like you pick mildewed socks from the laundry.
1: <laughs> ah, that smell. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. that's my. Uh, we disagree, like we disagree. I will say book.
2: at least this song. I would rather listen to this song again than to smell mildewed socks from the laundry for an hour. So I'll give it that much.
1: All right. Well, let's get to the next track, which you pit throwing it all away. Another balladly. You're you're softy, man.
2: Um. In this case, they're well written.
1: Alright, so here's Throwing It All Away by Genesis on the Freeform Rock Podcast. That was Throwing It All Away by Genesis. Why'd you pick this track, Lee?
2: After listening to Domino, this was a relief.
1: Oh my god. It's not
2: a song I will run to and put on my playlist anytime soon, but at least it has kind of a funky heartfelt groove that I understand and can enjoy somewhat. It's the closest to one of the better songs on the album.
1: Well, I agree with you on that. It's a great ballad and well-written. I love this track a lot and this is what Wikipedia says about it. Developed from a guitar riff from Rutherford who also wrote the lyrics, Collins described it as a one-note samba. It was a heavy guitar song in its original form with Collins drumming in a John Bonham style. However, as the chorus developed, the mood changed to a softer one that matched the single love song lyric. I like this song. I I really like it. I could sing it, you know, throwing it all away. And he goes, ooh, ooh. ooh." And he don't really like Rutherford songs, and he wrote it, dude. So come on. Here you go.
2: Um, there... Okay, well, one of these days we ought to do his album Small Creeps Day, his solo album. I don't want to ever do any Mike and the Mechanics crap, but his solo album... But but yeah, and in fact, I'll probably blow my my the last of my hair off of my head and become bald if we do a Mike in the Mechanics album. But you don't like um, Paul Carrick? I do, but 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 I like I like. You don't him, like Silent but, Running?
1: That song is freaking awesome.
2: But 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 the Wonder or the Miracle Years or what the hell? That was the second is. album. I'm talking about I the first hate album. That. The first I hate album that. was
1: amazing.
2: Okay, maybe, maybe we could do the second one, but what I'm saying is Mike Rutherford's solo stuff. I'd I'd be okay with doing Small Creeps Day. Even Acting Very Strange, which is a shit album, would be at least not worse than this.
1: All right, and then we get to the last track off the album, which is an instrumental called The Brazilian. What would you think of this one? This is
2: progressive rock for toddlers trying to learn how to press buttons on a computer and get some cute sounds, so it doesn't really do much for me. But at least it has a tiny bit of melody to it, and it could have possibly been improved if they added more things to the song, like real instruments. It's probably the best of the worst songs on here.
1: Well, I agree with you on that, Lee, because we agree on everything, right?
2: Yeah, we do. In fact, please, um, I, I'm going to want us to, in the future, name our podcast um, Freeform Rock Podcast, and we agree on everything.
1: <laughs> well, I think this is weird how it ends with an instrumental. It's okay. It could have ended with Domino and and put this in the middle of the album, but why did it end with an instrumental? It's like the weirdest ending to a great album I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, it's weird. It's, yeah. it, it's cool, you know. I like Phil's electronic drums. I like how he mixes it with acoustic. But this is just weird to end with an instrumental. You just don't want more. But the next album, frickin', it was all acoustic drums. I fucking loved... Uh, um the last the second the a- last album they did together freaking with no son of mine on it and shit was- i
2: like that one i wish we had done that album. we can- can't bed. we can't
1: dance that's a fucking great album we should do that next uh in a while not too in a while yeah
2: yeah, yeah not too soon not, not too, too soon i just
1: listened to that the other day and i was going fuck dude, i should have did this album you're right
2: <laughs> in, fact, I- in fact i listened to it after listen. i i compared a song from here and a song from there and in my mind, I was telling whoever was listening in my mind, okay, listen to this and listen to this and make the comparison. All right. So
1: that's our review of Invisible Touch. I liked it and Lee liked three-fourths of it. Uh,
2: um, three-fourths of a song of it. No, <laughs> no, no. The one one song. and No, I like maybe three.
1: Uh, all right. Well, you know who was on this album, Tony Banks, keyboard, synth, bass, Phil Collins, drums, lead vocals, percussion, Mike Rutherford, guitar, and bass guitar. And Hugh Padgham was producer and engineer, and Bob Ludwig mastering this album. I do have to say, I love this album, and it fucking sounds, sonically, freaking awesome from an album made in 1986. This song bumps in my car. This album, freaking sounds so clear. and precise in my car it's like some albums from 1986 don't sound as good this album is very well recorded and mastered i don't know Hmm. what you think about that
2: ah i i can say hugh Padgham was a pretty spot-on producer when it came to clarity and sound I do like his sound.
1: And you had Bob Ludwig mastering, so this album is frickin'... It's sonically delicious to me, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's
2: like... Mmm... That's a great strawberry shortcake. Ew! What's that in the middle of it? Uh Um, Did you lose your wiener um, in your last dick-chopping episode? Oh, God! I didn't know I would
1: Preparing the strawberry shortcake. All right, man. So oh. let's get into our tracks of the week. And you picked a group called Tiny Lights, Shoulderback. Yep. The song yep. Shoulderback. I listened to it, Lee, and it was freaking pretty cool. I liked yeah, it, was it. it was a like, lot
2: better than the Genesis album. Oh, fuck no. Ah, <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, we agree uh, on uh, everything, we, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah. I,
2: no, no, no. We, we, we agree on everything. Fucking
1: bullshit. Fucking whore.
2: Alright, what I, I Fucking picked, opinions don't count.
1: I picked a, a, picked a guy who used to be in this band. Uh, Peter Gabriel. Oh! And I, and I picked a song called Digging in the Dirt. I thought this would go cool. good with this album. I like that song. I like Peter Gabriel. I wish well, he would make that, some that new works. music. And uh, I liked his last album, Up, which was years ago.
2: Okay, and yeah. And the Barry uh, Williams show is I'm a fucking sure,
1: killer album song.
2: I'm sure that song is not worse than this album.
1: I love Digging Into Dirt. It's a great song, and I think it goes good with the Genesis review. And then we picked, you picked a track by yours, Lee, the lead track of the week, which is Slurp. Is there a burp with it? Or just Slurp? Nope.
2: It, 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 it I, I, I just, I just decided that, I don't know. I, I guess it was kind of a minor song, not really great, not really bad, but it would go good with this album.
1: All Lee Gershman songs are great.
2: Okay, I believe you. More All right, than you
1: me. saw four comments today saying that you have the best voice in rock.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I have the best voice compared to a piece of graphite
1: yeah and yeah i when you, when i saw this track slurp and i heard it, it was pretty cool uh All i right thought now. of sigmund and the sea monsters so i was going there's a burp and slurp <laughs>
2: I, I i should update it but but for right now there's no burp only a slurp only a slurp
1: but you like the burp no <laughs> I,
2: I i don't like it it it, it comes out like like wife. Why, why did you leave the house this year. I told you our neighbors are coming out. Stay inside in the cowshed.
1: Alright. Do you know what album we're doing next week, Lee?
2: Um... <clears throat> why not that album, Rex?
1: Rex? Cool. It's on, uh... I think it's on, uh, Amazon Music. So, yeah, I, let's do that. And
2: it has Rex Smith from Nighthawk but this was before he went solo, but they put his um, picture on the cover, so people think it's a solo album, but no. It's the name of the group, people.
1: It's like Van Halen, right? It's the name of the group. It's not the name yep. of the brothers. Yep. All right, man. So uh, until next week, man, we're going to do be doing that Rex album, and say goodbye to yeah. me
2: yeah yeah goodbye everybody and hope you hear our review of Rex
1: alright and uh, check out Genesis and if you're in England go see them play and I hope they fucking come to America until next and week
2: don't do any songs from this album but anyway I'm sorry I'm uh,
1: fuck Domino will always be played that's a fucking classic Genesis uh, song. Yeah. and let's take off to the great white north baby later <laughs>
2: one
0: Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.